0: This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street Maidstone, bluebutterfly.co.uk.
1: Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett.
0: Hello, hope you're okay on Thursday, September the 16th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Coming up, we're going to have a reaction to a man who's said to be Britain's strictest head teacher being drafted into a school in Faversham. It's certainly got plenty of parents talking. we have that for you in just a bit. But first up today, we're going to be talking about the COVID vaccine and for a couple of reasons, actually. It's now a requirement for all care home staff to be double jabbed. and The deadline for having their first dose is today. Also next week, parents of 12 to 15 year olds in Kent will be getting letters inviting them to have their children vaccinated. The vaccine is, as you know, incredibly divisive and you've probably heard about some anti-vax campaigns that have been going on in the county too. Well, let's start off by hearing about care home staff then, because there are fears vaccine hesitancy could lead to staff shortages. If workers haven't had their first dose by today, they won't meet the deadline of being double vaccinated by mid-November. And it's estimated that could be as many as 70,000 people. Nadra Ahmed is chair of the Medway-based National Care Association. She actually says it's already causing a problem. Sadly, I think this is going to be a very, very challenging winter probably
2: bleaker than last year because of the workforce issues that we're facing we've got so many vacancies now we've got people who've left because they did not want to be vaccinated Um, and we just don't have people coming forward to join the social care sector so we know providers are pretty much on their
0: knees at this moment in time trying to make sure that they can deliver Safe care. Well, that was an overview of the whole industry. Now let's look at just one care home in particular. Wendy Ingram is the manager of Cedardale Care Home in Maidstone.
2: Very fortunate, 99.9% of our staff have had double vaccine, and when we've recruited new employees, they've actually already been double vaccinated as well. So for our home, we're, we're very fortunate. There was hesitancy at the beginning which was natural. However, we have to put our faith in scientific research. We, every day, put products in our bodies, injections, medication, etc., for health medical reasons, which we don't know what they are. So you have to put your faith in the professionals. And ultimately we have to come through this pandemic and protect our residents and the rest of our staff team. We're not fortunate to work in an area where you can social distance. We can work in very small, confined areas. So it's nice to know that the person you're working alongside has had their double vaccine and for the resident's safety, as the manager of a care home, my foremost occupation is to make sure that the residents and the team are safe. If somebody's personal choice is not to have that vaccine, that is their personal choice, but unfortunately, yes, we are going to lose a team member. But we have to weigh up safety. Safety
0: has to come first. Well, two slightly different views there. Let's now move on to children. And if you're the parent of a young person aged between 12 and 15, you have a big decision to make: will they have the vaccine or not? Protests have taken place outside some secondary schools in the county in the past week, with campaigners saying it shouldn't happen. Well, while the Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunisation don't support a rollout of the vaccine for 12 to 15-year-olds, the UK's four chief medical officers say a single dose will help reduce disruption to education. We've been asking parents in Gillingham what they think.
1: Me, myself, I I would want my child to have it. I know, obviously, when it was cleared in Dubai, my aunt went and took both of her children to have their first done. Obviously, my oldest child has actually got chronic lung disease, so if he could have it, then I would be the first one in line to get it done, because obviously it's our children's future.
2: Yeah, I think it's um, a really good step in the right direction. I mean, I remember when I was at school in year seven, I think it was, and I had a vaccine there um, at the actual school, so I don't see why there should be any different to say the flu vaccine.
3: Um, I don't think
1: they need to get it. I think if you want keep that for the adults, that's all right, but I don't think it should be forced on anybody and it shouldn't stop life from happening just because of it.
3: They should be able to decide themselves if they could get it, it's their own personal preference if they could get it. To me, anyone that wants to get it can get it, no one should be pressured into getting it.
4: I think they all should get the vaccine because the vaccine, the COVID rate is so high and it will prevent others spreading it to other people.
2: I do believe in the long run that um, it will make things safer for the schools and everybody, because if children are mixing and somebody's got it and passes it on,
0: it's much better if they've had some protection by having the vaccine. Very mixed views there. Well, let's hear now from our health expert, Dr. Julian Spinks, who's a GP in Stroud. He was on the lowdown on our Facebook Live last night.
4: I think people are entitled to their opinion and it is absolutely not compulsory. Uh, You know, there has to be consent for vaccination, which will either come from the parents or in the case of um, uh, particularly older teenagers, um, they can consent. Um, when their parents have said they don't want them to have it, which is interesting. We would follow something which is the same rules we do for perhaps teenagers having the pill or contraception, um, and it's called Gillick competency, where we have to make a decision where they really understand, are in a position to know what they're actually signing up to. In those circumstances, they can consent rather than requiring the parents to do it. But... They have to consent. All the parents have to consent. Nobody can give a vaccination without that.
3: Just going back historically, is there a time that you can remember where a vaccination process has ever been divisive?
4: I think that uh, social media has made a big difference. Um, Certainly the MMR vaccine and all the things around that made a big difference. It brought up and it it really exposed um, a lot of public scrutiny into vaccinations and people ask reasonable questions. I think as far as the, uh, you know, being um, vaccine hesitant, that is a natural thing, I think, you know, Part of my job is to try and explain to people the risks and benefits and to reassure them um, and allow them to make their own decision.
0: Plenty to take in there. And as I say, parents, including myself, actually do have a huge decision to make. We'd love to still receive your comments. You can comment on our Facebook and Twitter. You can also watch the full programme of The Lowdown on our socials. And I've got details on what's coming up on tonight's show in just a bit. Kent Online News. Some other top stories. And a 19 year old cyclist from Dartford has died following a crash with a bin lorry in Swanley. Sevenoaks Council say one of their refuse vehicles was involved in the collision on Swanley Lane yesterday morning. More details have emerged about an armed robbery in Marden, which saw a couple tied up and the man beaten with the butt of a gun. The 64- and 70-year-olds were woken by a masked man in their bedroom demanding money and jewellery. The suspect made off with around £30,000 worth of property. We've got their description at Kent Online. Former Dover MP Charlie Elphick has been released from prison. The 50-year-old was jailed last year after being found guilty of sexually assaulting two women nearly a decade apart. He served half of his two-year sentence. It's been confirmed Eurostar services from Ashford and Fleet International won't return until at least 2023. The company had previously said trains could stop in Kent again next year as travel restrictions ease following the pandemic. Council bosses say the update is bad news for the county. A road next Ashford is expected to stay closed for several days following a huge fire at a national grid site. The blaze broke out on Church Road in Selinge in the early hours of yesterday. Crews are still at the scene checking for any hot spots. The Kent Online Podcast with Blue Butterfly, Earl Street Maidstone. Now, roads bosses in Kent have revealed more details about their ambitious target to eliminate deaths in crashes by 2050. Currently, around 45 people die on the county's roads each year. Vision Zero is kicking off with a focus on vans, as stats show people in cars are 40% more likely to be killed or seriously injured if they're involved in a crash with a van. Matthew Avery is from Thatcher. Research which studies vehicle safety they want extra tech installed on vans and trucks. He's been chatting to Katya from our colleagues at KMTV.
1: Kent County Council have got a vision zero of of 2050 no more deaths on the road. We believe that's realistic if people are buying vehicles with this technology. Now fashion research is part of Euro NCAP and we stipulate that to get the five star rating you've got to have all of this technology on a car as standard but no one's fitting it to vans and there's very little on trucks so we're saying to the fleet managers if you're buying a truck and you're buying a van Buy it with this technology, make it fitted, make the vehicles safer, and make the road safer.
0: Now whenever we hear about technology, new technology in cars and vans, there often with that comes a bit of a price tag. Is this technology you know substantially more expensive than things that we're already
3: seeing implemented?
1: We don't think this technology will be very expensive to implement because Passenger cars have got this fitted as standard, and we're seeing even the cheapest passenger cars got a lot of this technology fitted as standard. So it can be certainly fitted to vans and certainly it can be fitted to trucks
0: and why vans specifically what has your research shown as to why they are sort of a leading cause in accidents well
1: there's been a huge increase in the amount of vans on our roads and obviously with lockdown almost the only vehicle we saw on our roads was a van and of course there's under huge time pressure for the van drivers to make their next delivery and they're busy looking at their mobile phone to see where they're going next and this is a sort of the urban environment urban deliveries where we need this technology to protect the cyclists, to protect the uh, children, to to protect people on the road, vulnerable road users but also to protect the van driver. We haven't got enough drivers in this country so we need to protect the, the ones that we've got. So they've got to be driving vehicles with this technology and it's the fleet buyers that are going to be specifying this technology on those vehicles.
0: Meantime, a new 20-mile-an-hour speed limit could be introduced in part of Ashford to improve safety. Bosses in Kennington want to reduce how fast drivers can go in Bybrook and Bockhanger. Residents are being asked what they think of the idea. The future of popular festivals in parts of Kent have been thrown into doubt as it emerges. The council is planning to cut all financial ties. This year's Whitstable Oyster Festival attracted around 30,000 people, while the Canterbury Food and Drink Festival is known to significantly contribute to the local economy. Decommissioning the events would save the local authority £38,000 of taxpayer money. They say private companies could come in to run them instead. Meantime, a trial of e scooters in Canterbury has been scaled back after several were damaged. The city council say the number has been reduced from 200 to 100. Police are investigating after a number of scooters were vandalised with an angle grinder in August.
1: Kent Online reports.
0: A man who's been described as Britain's strictest head teacher has been brought into a Kent school to help improve behaviour. Barry Smith has been at the Abbey School in Faversham this week and some parents say their children have been left frightened and in tears. They claim pupils have been taken out of lessons to attend discipline assemblies and made to chant phrases about good behaviour. The school says there's a lot of misinformation being spread. Well, first, let's hear from former Kent headteacher Peter Reed, who's been giving us his reaction.
5: Behaviour has gone off the rails for a lot of children because they've not been socialised for a year and they need to be taught back. But what he's proposing is not teaching. It's not teaching, whatever it is. It's treating people, he called them in one letter to parents that was quoted, as detainees. I'm not sure he knows what children are. He's not a teacher at the moment. He seems to have flipped around, and and frankly, that's common with tough love schools, Somebody comes in, I'll solve the school's problems. And I've seen it in different parts of the country. Spend two years, upends everything, produces a a short-term boost and then moves on somewhere else before the chickens come home to roost. It might appear to you that I'm angry about this. I am. This school is a perfectly sound school. It's got the same problems that everybody's got coming after COVID, this is not the answer
0: this is also going to be the topic of discussion on the lowdown on our Facebook live tonight Ollie you're asking about this on our socials aren't you
3: yes Nicholas so we've been asking people on Facebook how should schools be managing poor behavior from students and a real mix of comments on there some people harking back to the old days when they remember being disciplined by their uh, teachers and other people saying that it, it's too harsh and it shouldn't be happening in schools today we've also asked on Twitter uh, the question do you think social media is having a negative effect on the behavior of children in teens and if if so, then, then tell us why that is. As usual, you can watch The Lowdown at six o'clock tonight. I won't be presenting. I'll be my colleague, Rachel Lewis, but you can catch that on KMTV or on Facebook and Twitter.
0: As you'd expect, we have, of course, approached Mr Smith and asked for an interview to chat about the tactics he uses. We very much hope that he will come on the podcast and we'll keep you updated. Don't forget to keep your views coming via our socials or on the story at Kent Online. Gillingham Football Club have been hit by supply issues as they look to open their new bar. The revamped factory venue is due to launch this weekend when the Jills host MK Dons at Priestfield. But they've been unable to get some of the equipment they need in time. And there's also a beer shortage. That all means that numbers may have to be capped. Now, you might have heard of Venice Beach in LA. Well, now a fitness fan wants to create something similar In Thanet, Clint Sanyika-Odieti, who's a personal trainer, is hoping to transform an area of Walpole Bay into an outdoor training area, along with a juice bar and space for wellness talks. He reckons gyms have become full of people taking selfies for Insta and fitness is secondary. A long-awaited extension to Cineworld in Ashford is due to open next March. An IMAX screen and 4DX technology is being installed at the cinema on the Eureka Leisure Park work was delayed last spring because of the pandemic but contractors are now said to be making good progress. A replica of the moon which was on display in Medway last year is now coming to another part of Kent. More than 85,000 people visited Rochester Cathedral to see the artwork which was created using NASA imagery. The Museum of the Moon will be the centrepiece of the Tunbridge Wells Puppetry Festival next month. And the Rochester Castle Concerts are back tonight. The Libertines kick things off after the event had to be postponed last year because of the pandemic. Kent online sports. Kent's Emma Raducanu has arrived back home in Bromley after her historic making US Open win. The 18-year-old became the first qualifier to win a tennis Grand Slam with her victory over Layla Fernandez in New York at the weekend. The teenager has been pictured with her dad Ian. And in cricket, Kent's Tommy Beaumont has been in action for England as they get their one day international cricket series against New Zealand underway. The opening game of the five-match campaign has been taking place in Bristol. It comes ahead of the Ashes and the World Cup. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Plus, you can subscribe to the IM News app, and that will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. To do it, just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe.
1: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.
0: This
2: podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone, bluebutterfly.co.uk.